Section one of Barks and Purrs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Barks and Purrs by Colette Willie. Translated by Mary Kelly. Section one. Preface. Madame, there are moments when one seems to come to life. One looks about and distinguishes a creature whose footprint closely resembles the ace of spades. The thing says, bow-wow, it is a dog. One looks again. The ace of spades is now an ace of clubs. The thing says, and it is a cat. This is the history of the visible world, and in particular that of my godchildren, Toby Dog and Kiki the Demure. They are so natural, I use the word in the sense in which it is applicable to the savages of Oceania, that all their acts conspire to make of life a very simple proposition. These are animals in the fullest sense of the word, animo, if I may employ the original orthography, capable of exclaiming with those of Faust, The fool knows it not, he knows not the pot, he knows not the kettle. And as such, madame, you have placed them exactly where they should be their earthly paradise is the apartment of monsieur villy in your salon the probable palm and rubber plant give the impression of luxuriant edenic flora relatively speaking and illustrate the transmogrification which is to allow monsieur gaston de champ critic of et tant plus que passé to announce to the wilderness where he speaks familiarly of chateaubriand and to the Collège de France, how well he can admire and understand a true poet. For you are a true poet, and I will declare it freely, not concerning myself, more with the legends Parisians have the habit of weaving about every celebrity. They admire Gauguin and Verlaine, not so much for their originality as for their eccentricities. And so it happens that certain persons, unacquainted with the nameless sentiment, the order and purity, the thousand interior virtues which guide you persist in saying that you wear your hair short and that willie is bald must i then living at orthez tell tout paris who you are present you to all who know you i who have never seen you i will say then that the madame colette willie never had short hair that she does not wear masculine attire that her cat does not accompany her when she goes to a concert that her friend's dog does not drink from a tumbler. It is inexact to say that Madame Colette Willie works in a squirrel's cage, or performs upon trapeze and flying rings, and can reach with her toe the nape of her neck. Madame Colette Willie has never ceased to be the plain woman par excellence, who rises at dawn to give oats to the horse, maids to the chickens, cabbage to the rabbits, groundsel to the canneries snails to the ducks and bran water to the pigs at eight o'clock summer and winter she prepares the cafe for her maid and herself scarcely a day passes that she does not meditate upon this admirable book a lady's country house by madame Miller robinet orchard kitchen garden stable poultry yard beehive and hothouse have no further mysteries for madame colette willie they say she refused to divulge her secret for the destruction of mole crickets to a great statesman who prayed her on his knees 
Madame Colette Willie is in no way different from the description I have just given of her. I am aware that certain folk, having met her in society, insist upon making her very complex. A little more, and they would have ascribed to her the tastes of the mustiest symbolists, and one knows how far from pleasing are those muses' robes, how odious the yellow bandeau above the faces expressionless as eggs. Robes and bandeau are to-day relegated to drawers in the capital at Toulouse, from which they will never be taken more, except when occasion calls for the howling of official Alexandrine, in honour of Monsieur Gaston de Champ, Joret, or Versingetorie. Madame Colette Willy rises to-day on the world of letters as the poetess at last, who, with the tip of her slipper, sends all the painted, laurelled, cottoned, lyre-carrying muses that from the Mont-Celet-Torinard have roused the aspirations of classes in rhetoric rolling from the top to the bottom of Parnassus. How charming she is thus, presenting her bulldog and her cat with as much assurance as Diana would her hound, or a bacchante her tiger. See her apple-cheeks, her eyes like blue myosotis, her lips poppy-petals, and her ivy-like grace. Tell me if this way of leaning against the green barrier of her garden close, or of lying under the murmurous arbour of midsummer, is not worth the starched manner that old magistrate de Vigny, with his neckcloth wound three times around and rigid in his trouser-straps, imposed upon his goddesses. Madame Colette Willy is a live woman, a real woman, who has dared to be natural, and who resembles a little village bride far more than a perverse woman of letters. Read her book, and you shall see how accurate are my assertions. It has pleased Madame Colette Willy to embody in a couple of delightful animals the aroma of gardens, the freshness of the field, the heat of state roads, the passions of men. For through the girlish laughter ringing in the forest, I tell you I hear the sobbing of a well-spring. One does not stoop to a poodle or tomcat without feeling the heart wrung with dumb anguish. One is sensible in comparing ourselves to them of all that separates and of all that unites us a dog's eyes hold the sorrow of having since the earliest days of creation licked the whip of his incorrigible persecutor in vain for nothing has mollified man not the prey brought him by a famishing spaniel nor the humble guilelessness of shepherd dog guarding the peace of the shadowy flocks under the stars a tragic fear shines in the cat's eyes. What are you going to do to me? It seems to ask, lying on the rubbish heap, a prey to mange and hunger, and feverishly it waits the new torture that will shatter its nervous system. But have no fear. Madame Colette Willie is very kind. She quickly dispels the hereditary dread of Toby Dog and Kiki the Demure. She ameliorates the race so that dogs and cats will learn in the end that it is less dull to frequent a poet than an unhappy college de france candidate had this candidate proven more copiously still that the author of memoires d'autre had topsy-turvily described the jawbone of the crocodile toby dog and kiki the demure know well that their mistress is a lady who would do no harm neither to a piece of sugar nor to a mouse a lady who for our delight 
jumps a rope she has woven of flower words which she never bruises and with which she perfumes us a lady who sings with the voice of a clear french rivulet that wistful tenderness which makes the hearts of animals beat so fast francis jeanne end of preface dramatis personae toby dog a french bulldog read by troy bond kiki the demure a maltese cat read by bob gonzalez he master of minor importance read by matthew reese she mistress of minor importance read by roseanne schmidt the little dog read by rashada the narration read by sandra end of section one